Welcome to Building Insight, brought to you by the lawyers at Glayholt LLP. Building Insight is Canada's first podcast dedicated to construction law and dispute resolution. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Glayholt LLP podcast, Building Insight. I'm Max Guinness, an associate at Glayholt LLP. And I'm Catherine Thornton, an articling student at Glayholt LLP. Our topic today is the recent Court of Appeal decision, Capilet and Brookfield Homes, Ontario Limited. Now, in construction law cases, we often find ourselves dealing with deficiencies and then trying to assign a dollar value to them. The Ontario Court of Appeal's decision in Capilet is dealing with a deficiency, in this case, water filtration, but is looking at it in a rather unique way. The focus isn't on the cost to repair the infiltration, but rather whether the water infiltration, which led to mold growth, can support a claim for emotional and psychological injuries. In this case, it ultimately does not, but the fact that the case is very careful to make clear that this decision is only applicable to its own very unique set of facts does leave open the possibility that, down the road, it could be possible to see damages for psychiatric and emotional injury from negligent home construction. I'll briefly go over the facts. The Capulets bought a house from Brookfield Homes. Five years after buying the house, Mr. Capulet discovered mold in the basement, which was caused by a water leak from faulty design. Brookfield promptly retained Pynchon Environmental, then hired contractors to remove the mold a month later. Pynchon inspected the home and determined that it was fit for occupancy. The house was then sold several months later with no loss in value. The Capulets brought an action against Brookfield Homes for over $6 million for psychological and emotional injuries, physical illness, and out-of-pocket expenses. The psychological and emotional injuries included something called adjustment disorder with mixed anxiety and depressed mood, which included symptoms of low mood, feelings of sadness, worry, anxiety, insomnia, and poor concentration, and negatively affected all aspects of his life. As for the physical illness, Mr. Capillet claims he experienced shortness of breath and other lung issues, sinus problems, eye and other infections, skin irritation, and other health issues. As for out-of-pocket expenses, Mr. Capillet claimed living expenses, carrying costs, and costs to move and renovate another property. The action was started in 2003 but wasn't set down for trial until six years later in 2009. Examinations for discovery took place in 2008, and further examinations took place in 2015. Brookfield served expert medical reports from a toxicologist, forensic psychologist, and an opinion on the mold impact to household items from Pynchon, which concluded that Mr. Capulet suffered no personal injury or damage to personal property. Mr. Capulet only served expert reports when the chamber's judge ordered that if he did not, his action would be dismissed. However, no reports were provided to opine on issues of property damage or financial loss. Brookfield therefore brought a motion for summary judgment. So the motion for summary judgment was brought in the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. 
Now, the motion judge noted that Herniak and Malden stands for the proposition that summary procedures must be interpreted broadly to promote access to justice. The judge found that in light of the affidavits, expert reports, and cross-examinations, the judge was able to fairly determine the issues raised on this motion, and it was therefore appropriate for summary judgment. The motion judge found that the damages claimed were either not foreseeable or unlikely to have been caused by the construction defects or were not supported by credible evidence. The motion judge found that there is no genuine issue for trial and granted Brookfield's motion for summary judgment and dismissed the action with costs. The motion judge relied on the Supreme Court of Canada's decision of Mustafa and Culligan of Canada, which held that, in cases where mental injury is claimed, it must be shown that the injury in question is one that a person of ordinary fortitude would suffer in the relevant circumstances. There was evidence that the mold did cause Mr. Caplet emotional distress that impacted all areas of his life. However, his reaction to the mold was unusual and a product of his own particular sensitivities. The loss was just not a reasonably foreseeable consequence of faulty construction. The motion judge also found that Ontario's regime for builders and purchasers of new homes does not provide compensation for emotional or psychiatric injuries suffered by purchasers arising from defects in their homes. The motion judge also found that the plaintiff did not prove, on a balanced probabilities, that the mold caused the physical injuries. The motion judge's decision was appealed to the Ontario Court of Appeal. The issue before the Court of Appeal was whether the motion judge erred in dismissing the claims for psychological and emotional injuries because they were too remote, and if so, whether Mr. Capulet was entitled to a trial. The Court of Appeal found that the trial judge did not err and agreed that the emotional or psychiatric injury was not recoverable and rejected the appellate's argument that the motion judge ignored or rejected evidence that he was a person of ordinary fortitude. However, it's less clear whether the Court of Appeal agreed with the motion judge's finding that Ontario's regime for builders and purchases of new homes does not provide compensation for emotional or psychiatric injuries. The motion judge had stated that there is a scheme in place regulating the rights and responsibilities of purchasers and builders of new homes in the province, and that this does not provide compensation for emotional or psychiatric injuries suffered by purchasers resulting from defects. The Court of Appeals said that it was relevant to refer to the agreement of purchase and sale and what the parties would have anticipated at the time of the contract. However, the Court of Appeal also said that there is no indication that the motion judge treated this part of his analysis as determinative of the negligence claim or the issue of remoteness of damages. The Court declined to rule on whether the warranty provision was a determinative factor in the negligence and foreseeability analysis. This leaves open the question of whether Ontario's new home warranty regime can conclusively dispose of any and all mental injury claims for negligent construction. This essentially remains to be decided in a future decision. 
The Court of Appeal notes that the decision does not rest on the proposition that all claims for damages or psychiatric and emotional injury from negligent home construction are foreclosed. So, it's possible, going forward, that damages could be awarded for construction deficiencies that cause mental injury to a person of ordinary fortitude. However, going forward, whether such damages can or should be awarded will necessarily be a fact-driven and case-dependent analysis. This case also provides another examples of the court's willingness to apply the Herniac principles and the use of summary judgment under Rule 20 of the Rules of Civil Procedure as a legitimate and important means of facilitating justice and reducing the time and costs involved in civil litigation. In this case, it had been 14 years since the action was commenced, numerous affidavits and expert reports had been filed by both parties, and extensive cross-examinations had been conducted. There was clearly a sufficient record to allow the matter to be determined. This further underscores the cardinal rule in summary judgment motions, that each party must put their best foot forward. The motion judge also took the opportunity to reinforce the notion that courts will shy away from awarding partial summary judgment by considering the entirety of Mr. Capulet's claim, even issues not specifically addressed in Brookfield's notice of motion. The motion judge found that the notice of motion was drafted broadly enough to cover these issues and that Mr. Caplet had ample opportunity to submit evidence and arguments on this point. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Catherine Thornton. And I'm Max Gennis, and we enjoyed sharing our insights with you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit glayholt.com for more information. If you have any questions, email us at info at We look forward to having you join us again.